Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everybody welcome to another episode of the nomad strength show today we've got a really cool episode for you guys i'm talking to nick norris with protect a awesome man they're just such a cool supplement company they're dorking a lot of really cool things right now and uh, we get into a lot of that because what they're doing is really unique um i met one of the founders tim at Winterstrong this last uh several months ago and it was just a really cool organization they're doing really cool things and uh, Nick is a graduate of both the US Naval Academy and basic underwater demolition uh, buds and he was a member of class 247 he uh, he had a, a bunch of higher positions of leadership within uh, naval special warfare he had deployed roles including combat advisor to Ar- Iraqi and Af- Afghan military units cross-functional team leader ground force commander during combat operation in both Iraq and Afghanistan uh, and he is also doing a lot of things since um, getting out of the military, which are really cool. He's a board member for uh, Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions, which is a nonprofit focused on ending the veteran suicide epidemic via resources, research, and advocacy that is related to psychedelic-assisted therapy. Uh, he also co-founded Protect, which I just mentioned a little bit ago, a wellness company committed to positively impacting customer health via both personal care products and nutritional supplements. And the supplements that they make, I'm telling you, are so dope. And we actually get into why they are so unique and uh, the special things that they're doing with them. So be sure you go check out all that stuff that Nick is doing. I'll make sure I put in all the notes, um, all the links in the show notes for you to check these things out and uh, enjoy this episode with Nick Norris. All right, we are live now with Nick Norris. How's it going, man? It's going really good. That's awesome. I'm excited to talk to you, man. Stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> yeah, likewise. to talk to you. Um, I met uh, Tim at Winterstrong this year. Yep. And uh, that was my first introduction into your guys' products. That was my uh, that was my first uh, 
time being around and consuming them. I think we got all, everybody got like a couple of, uh, we got the rest. I think we got the, or the recovery. We got the energy. We got a couple of things that we got in our little gift bags yep. that, uh, like as soon as I got them home, I forgot that I had them. And I took the recovery one like that one night. And I, I, I'm not kidding, dude. This is not me. Like you're not paying me to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> I slept. We don't like, even know each other. We don't so. even know each other. I slept like a freaking baby, and I woke up and I'm like, I gotta get some more of that stuff. I don't know what it was, but it was awesome. Yeah, it's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tranquilizers. Um, yeah, we were actually just putting like pretty elephant much. tranquilizers in there. So. Uh, <laughs> hey, if it works, it no, works. No, hey, what an awesome, what an awesome group of people. Uh, we just came yeah. back from Summer Strong, yeah, and uh, I was bummed I wasn't able to I make mean, it out there for that one this year. I, I mean, what Bert and, and Sorenex have done uh, with that event and kind of bringing that community together is is pretty unbelievable. It, it really was a uh, a remarkable experience going out to Summer Strong. So uh, I'm I'm not surprised that Tim ran into you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being another great connection. Um, yeah, because that community is incredible. It was this the first uh, Summer Strong that you were at? Yeah, first one that I ever nice. uh, have been to, and. You know, Tim just, he was singing, uh, you know, Winter Strong's praises when he came mm-hmm. back from that event. And he just kept telling me, he's like, man, you need to go out. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. we need to be at Summer Strong. You know, we were fortunate enough that, that uh, Bert gave us the opportunity to come out and sponsor Summer Strong. But, mm-hmm. I mean, wonderful group of people. I mean, I ran into people that uh, uh, I, I, knew, I knew and haven't seen in a long time. And then mm-hmm. a bunch of new people that I've never met before, but I felt like I've known my entire life. So that's how just, my, that's, my, my first that's one was last year. My first one was last year and I was like the same thing. And it was, it was really fun because I have a lot of good friends that I would consider like good friends that I have only until last summer strong. I'd only had like Instagram relationships with. Like, because sure. they live all over the country or other parts <laughs> of the world, right? But then we all get together in South Carolina for Summer Strong last year. And it was the first time all of us had been in a place together. And it was like we had been, like, it was like we grew up together. It was, sure. it was so cool to like, just to have that, like, kind of almost like a big family reunion type environment. And I'm sure, like, you probably even sensed that a bit being there for the first time. Like, people oh, just yeah. run in and, like, giant hugs and like plowing each other over scooping up hugs and it was just like oh how you been like how's everything going and it's just like a big family yeah. reunion basically well and, and you know what's incredible too man is they have i mean probably what 600 plus people that show yeah. up to summer strong and bert was saying that uh in like the 15 plus years that they've been mm-hmm. doing it they've never had a single fight yeah. And and you're talking about, you know, 600 plus alpha males yeah. uh, that are that are in one area and they're giving them alcohol at the end of the night and nobody's gotten into a fight, which is I mean, that's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, you, you put you put 30 guys into a bar and there's usually going to be some type of conflict or altercation. And even so, in yeah. and even with the ty- with the guy with like the the type of people that are there in the strength coach world, like those same, and I remember hearing like before is like all these same people go to all the other conferences all, all mm-hmm. around the country together as well. You know, like there's all kinds of overlap and dust up happened at other places. Like just because that's the nature of being around high testosterone dudes that are you sure. know, giant people. And, uh, <laughs> and, but it, and so it happens in other places. So it's not like it's like, we only they're only attracting people that don't ever get into confrontation like they happen other places but not at summer strong so it's like yeah all there, that there's just a level of, 
Totally. There's just a level of respect, right? I mean, I yeah. think there's just, there's so much mutual respect and, uh, and I mean, you know, what, the, the theme that I picked up on at Summer Strong this year, which is a little bit atypical and surprising for that crowd, uh, was love, love mm. and community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luke and uh, Chip, two of the, the head strength and conditioning coaches out of University of South Carolina, mm-hmm. gave a tremendous uh, keynote at Summer Strong. And it was all centered around uh, connection and love and having the ability to kind of go deep with their players. Mm, and that's yeah. like a differentiator with, with kind of like how they get the most out of them. And, uh, and, and I felt that. I felt that not just in what they presented, but I felt it amongst that entire crowd. And, yeah. and you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. I mean, this community, it's, just, it's connection and community centered around love in the most unlikely of places right. in the world with a bunch of kind of alpha, you know, <laughs> yeah. driven, you know, yep. competitive individuals. So, yeah, what yeah, a blessing. Um, absolute blessing it, to be there. It was really fun for me uh, going there last year for the first time because there's, first of all, physical giants. I mean, like, the, there are oh, yeah. guys there that are just – and I'm not – I mean, like I, I'm fit, right? <laughs> Either like, am I. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like five nine on a good day, right? And I'm walking around, and it's like the, it's like walking around a bunch of dinosaurs. Like they're just huge, and like the, you know, they take a step oh, yeah. and the ground shakes, kind of a thing. And I'm like, this is. Oh wild. yeah, there, there was, there was high school kids there that were like at least two and a half times my size and lifted exponentially more than I've ever lifted in oh, my so entire great, life. Man. So fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's really cool that you guys got to uh, be involved sponsorship wise because, and, and, you know, like I said, having my first exposure to what your guys' stuff was back at Winter Strong since then, um, I've, I mean, I guess that's how social media kind of works. I just see you guys everywhere now, but uh, in the, in like in the best way, because um, I get, I've been getting to learn more about uh, what you guys are actually doing with the products and kind of the, the mission behind them. And, uh, and you guys, so I want to hear a little bit how this whole thing kind of came to be because you are, are you still active or are you retired? Uh, cause you're sealed, correct? I was. Yeah. So I, uh, so the backstory to the brand is, you know, Tim and I, uh, Tim is my co-founder, um, went to the Naval Academy together. We were freshman roommates and, Ultimately, I introduced him to my wife's identical twin. I was dating my wife at the time. We were high school sweethearts. We both grew up in Chicago uh, and I ended up introducing Tim to Megan, uh, who's my wife, Maura's uh, t- identical twin sister. Uh, they hit, uh, hit it off. They got married before us. And, uh, you know, that, you know, so we're, we're kind of like have this incestuous thing going on where, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we founded this company and, and we both are family. Um, and you know, the, the brand itself, uh, and, and to kind of fast forward, yes, I did. I went into the seal teams in Oh three, um, stayed for about 10 and a half years and and got out. So I'm no longer active duty. Uh, I did a little bit of time in the reserves, but ended up calling it quits for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I had, you know, we all experience a lot of change uh, in our lives, and and I had a you know an unfortunate event happen as I was on shore duty. Um, I had come off my my platoon commander tour in Afghanistan, 
And uh, my younger brother uh, was killed in an inbounds avalanche in Colorado um, at that time. So I I bring it up because it it served as a a catalyst for me to to kind of do some introspection and determine whether or not I'm going to stick it out, stay in for 20 plus years, or if I'm going to make a decision and get out. And, you know, looking back, it it was absolutely the right decision for me as hard as it was to leave the community because, you know, I I love the SEAL teams. Uh, Some of my closest friends and friends I'll have for the rest of my life, you know, came from that experience and that time in service. Uh, But, you know, being there for not only my family, but, you know, being able to connect with my, my younger brother's wife and his two kids, was very important to me. So yeah. uh, I exited it at that point. And, you know, like a lot of our veteran community, um, you know, kind of struggled a bit trying to find my purpose sure. and, you know, figure out what I'm going to do uh, after being a SEAL because I, I felt like I needed to prove myself once again and uh, not just rest on my laurels as a SEAL, you know, that's that's been overseas and been into combat. Uh, so I, I got out and, you know, frankly, I, I kind of lost my way for a number of years, um, you know, really felt a lot of disconnection from my family, uh, isolation from friends. You know, I, I kind of walked away from a lot of those relationships in the SEAL teams because I felt like I needed to prove myself elsewhere. And mm. it was the biggest mistake I ever made, you know, you know, creating that that distance between you know, the guys I served with and, um, you know, kind of four or five years post transition, you know, I was in a, I was in a rough spot, you know, and I frame it to a lot of people as, you know, feeling, (laughs) not feeling really apathetic, uh, you know, very flat, uh, lackluster, not excited about the things that I, I used to find a lot of joy in, you know, specifically like working out, uh, you know, just being outside, spending time with friends and family and you know it got and it got to a, a a place where you know i needed to do something about it and you know that all uh factored in immensely as you know we decided to kind of build protect because the things that i started to lean on uh to a very great degree during this this rough spot in my life mm-hmm. are the things that we're promoting with the brand and mm. um so yeah it, it's it's it was born out of kind of necessity, something that was necessity sure. for me to find my way and get healthy again and, and focused on kind of holistic health, not just, you know, yeah. the physical health that I had been focused on for most of my life, uh, really focus on cognitive health and mental health. Cause those are the areas that I was struggling in specifically. What kind of things, uh, were helping you during that time, like getting through into that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I had never, I had never been one to hydrate and, and it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, I was in a bad spot. I uh, did not feel good. You know, people, uh, I guess docs framed it as like a major depressive episode. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily frame it as such because I'm like, ah, I'm not like, I'm not sitting in a room by myself, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I just right. didn't feel, um, so I decided to kind of focus in on the, on the, on simple things, on like the foundational things that, okay, am I doing these things right or wrong? And one of the things that I picked up on was, you know, my hydration was terrible. I wasn't drinking water, uh, consistently. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I started reading about it and I'm like, you know what, I, I should 
I'm going to try to focus on kind of these fundamental things that I can do for my health. And I started doing that and it actually, it, it started to help me considerably. You know, people yeah. would probably think like, oh yeah, drinking more water made you feel oh, great water. after. That's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The simple thing. And granted it's, it was a lot of things. It's been a, sure. a, a kind of a, a conglomeration of all these different things that kind of have all yielded this positive end result. But I, I honestly will say that, you know, being better hydrated started to have a cascade of positive effects on me. Mm. Um, my sleep started to improve and, yeah. and frankly, I, I was not a, I was not sleeping very well. Uh, you know, getting up often in the middle of the night, um, having a rough time getting to bed, you were probably staying up too late. I was probably drinking yeah. way too much caffeine, drinking too much alcohol. Uh, so I started kind of like limiting some of that stuff, but I think being better hydrated definitely started giving me better sleep, helping me get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. And, you know, once you're doing that, you know, they start to feed each other, right? Like my, yeah. my, my sleep was improving my recovery. I started feeling, feeling more clear minded. So my cognitive health was improving and I started to kind of pick up that motivation. I'm feeling better all around. And, you, you know, I mean, as, as an athlete and somebody that has thrived in kind of an athletic area, uh, I just really, you know, I started feeling uh, better. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to be uh, more physically active. And, and, and as I started to do that, you know, my mental health is starting to improve. So, you know, that stuff was was integral in me feeling better um, at this period of my life. And, you know, on, on top of that, you know, starting to reconnect with people. You know, we started this conversation off discussing connection and, you know, yeah. how powerful it is. And, you know, spending more time with the guys that I had served with in the SEAL teams and reconnecting with those guys was a major part of, of me starting to really feel better. Um, I will point to that over and over again. Uh, and I actually, I tell people that are transitioning out now, don't make the mistake that I made and, and try to distance yourself or think you got to do something on your own. Um, yeah. You know, that connection is, is so valuable and it, and it truly has moved the needle in my life. Um, you know, in recent years. Well, and you think about it too, from the standpoint where that's how you functioned operationally for so long as a part of a, like, I mean, this mm -hmm. part of your guys' title, like a literal team, right? right? So you learn that like, Hey, we do, I can function pretty well as a team, but then like, for whatever reason, like you said, you get out and you've, you felt this need to like, Oh, maybe I can just do this on my own. But then it was like, no, actually, I know that I can work really well when I have other people around. So it's like it takes this big, long loop to come back around. You're like, hey, let's bring back some good people into it and use it as a support yeah. system. Well, we live in a world that is so isolated nowadays, you know, yeah. and, and everybody is out for I mean, in, in not framing everybody as like an individual out for themselves. But, you right. know, look at the world. Right. I mean, it's like it is a lot of self-promotion. I need to take care of me. No one's no one's going to pay my bills for me. Yep. You know, no one's going to be there to help me. Well, reality, there's there's probably a lot of people that love you and care about you, but we're too proud. Right. Our yeah. ego gets in the way of it. And we say, hey, no, I need to do this on my own. And and I respect that mindset. Mm -hmm. But we, we need to remember that, you know, we, we are, a uh, we are a species that thrives on connection. You know, we have yeah. since the inception of, of, 
of us as a uh, as a species, as human beings. Yeah. And that's where I found so much healing and I found so much uh, strength. You know, I started to thrive because I was, I've been reconnecting with people and spending more time with people and actually relinquishing some control and allowing people to help me when I'm starting to struggle. So, mm. uh, yeah, that, that importance of community is something I can't emphasize that enough. It's, it's been an incredible asset in my life. It's really, and it usually seems like it takes the, the valley of those scenarios without it before you realize how beneficial it is. And I mean, and like, sadly, some people cannot get out of those, those low spots like that. But like where you said, you, you, if you just surround yourself with good people and maybe it's not like this big, you know, huge tribe or whatever, but <laughs> chances are there's one or two people, you know, that can be those support systems for you. And in understanding who they are, it's like, go find those people and, and be where they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, there's everybody has people in their life. Um, yeah. it, it, they, I know it gets tough. Uh, you know, I've been in that dark place where, you know, people, it doesn't seem like anybody's really there for you and has your back, but you know, you think about it. I mean, there's, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a friend, a neighbor, you know, there are people out there that love you mm-hmm. and, uh, we may not express it with those words as we're, uh, you know, still armored up and, and, you know, kind of in this, uh, this mindset of, I need to take care of myself and I'm too proud to ask for help. But, um, that love exists. And I mean, case in point, I mean, just going to that, that event, going to, to yeah. summer strong, uh, a bunch of strangers to me, but yeah. you know, I, I felt the love and connection and it's probably because I've, I've now opened myself up and I've, I'm, I've relinquished to vulnerability and yeah. allowed myself to kind of experience it and accept it. And, and really that's where it starts. It's like, you need to be willing to be vulnerable yourself and, and allow people into your life. And when you do that, you'll realize that there's a bunch of people that are waiting in the wings that yeah. would love to help, but they're gun shy as well. Right. They, they yep. think that maybe you don't want it. You're going to be, they're going to, uh, they're going to get judged by you. Uh, you know, you're going to think they're weird if, uh, if they reach out and try to do something for you. So, yeah, I think, you know, embracing that vulnerability and, uh, <laughs> and, and asking for help or just being open to people communicating with you and stepping in your life is, is so critically important. That is so true, man. The other thing that in tandem at this, during this time for you, as you were transitioning in out of service time and into whatever the next step was going to be, uh, because you guys with protect also emphasize a lot on outdoor stuff. Right. Yep. And so was that, sort of a part of this for you as well, like getting in nature and, and healing in that way. I mean, like I've used the quote on here before, but one of my favorite books is, um, Oh, I got it right here. Where is it? Cause now I can't remember the title, but it's one of the, uh, Teddy Roosevelt books. And, um, he uses the phrase all the time. Nature is healing. And he truly believed yep. that like all of the things where he, before he was president, when he was governor of New York, all that stuff, anytime he was like in deep, deep stress, or like had to make an important decision and didn't know whatever he would literally peace out and head up into the mountains for like two weeks and just Mm -hmm. hike and sweat and like just 
purge all of this stress yeah. out of him through the physical activity out in healing nature, come back and he'd be sharp and he'd feel great. And so like, was that kind of a, a part of it for you as well? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's always been a part of my life. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in Chicago, so you wouldn't think yeah. that I was uh, into the outdoors. Wilderness. Um, <laughs> wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. It's a deep wilderness in Chicago. I mean, people in Montana yeah. think they they're out there, but uh I, you know, I, I, I loved, I always had like this innate desire to go hunting. Um, yeah. and I, and I, you know, I, I begged my dad, my dad was not a hunter, but he loved me, uh, deeply and he wanted to do, you know, things for me. And I was really excited about it. A part of it was probably like, I, I really wanted to be in the military. So the thought of like carrying a weapon and going out into the, like the, the sure. woods was, was exciting for me. Uh, but my dad really helped, helped foster that. And, you know, I started hunting at a, at a relatively young age. I mean, I, I got my hunter safety card, like I think the first year I was, uh, able to get it and, and yeah. then started bird hunting with a close friend of mine. And then we would go up to Michigan and hunt deer, uh, during beginning of wrestling season. So I always had to like take a week off and, uh, <laughs> in wrestling, which was a tough one at the high school that I went to. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was worth it, right? I would always go up there. I spent time with, with some wonderful people uh, up in Michigan that were, were friends of cousins of mine, and uh, that you know I think that time in the outdoors was instilled at me in me at a young age, and then you know going into the military, you know I, I kind of stepped away from it for a long time, and and I also really got uh, in college I got into rock climbing um, through oh, right some on. upperclassmen at the Naval Academy, so. I had really loved that stuff. I kind of put it on pause for a while when I got out. And then when I, or when I was in the military and when I got out, uh, you know, I never really stepped back into it. And, and then I, you know, in kind of finding this, uh, you know, this path to, to getting better, mm -hmm. uh, I started really, you know, <laughs> getting back out there and, and, yeah. and getting outside, um, you know, started climbing a lot more spending time in the mountains and and that has been very healing for me uh and it's you know time outside and it's also connection right i mean i'm out there a lot yeah. of times with like one or two friends and get to just spend a lot of uh time without distraction and and that i think is a, a major part of that time in the outdoors right yeah. is we live in such a distracted world right now to be able to unplug from technology and not be able to take phone calls and emails uh, or just have people bothering you. Um, it just, uh, it allows you to really kind of focus on you and, and kind of look inside and, and, you know, kind of develop that relationship with yourself yeah. that we we're so distracted in this world that we don't get a chance to do that. And, uh, and I found a lot of that kind of getting back into climbing. And then I, I also was introduced to bow hunting uh, by a good friend of mine, David Wells, uh, who's a, a former Yankee. Uh, I was going to say like that David Wells yeah. when you said that. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's a yeah. common-ish name, but then you said former Yankee. <laughs> yeah. Com yeah, former Yankee. So, But David <laughs> David was the first one to take me bow hunting. And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I don't I don't know if I'll ever uh, pick up a gun to go gun hunting again. I just, I, I really enjoy archery. Yeah. And I don't get to do it as often as I'd like, but, uh, you sure. know, I owe David uh, – that oppor the opportunity that he gave me is because of David and um, yeah, That's but awesome. yeah, to your, to your question, yeah, it's time spent outside was a big part of it. Um, and definitely moved the needle for me. And, and it, mm -hmm. it was something that we really wanted to kind of uh, 
promote with protect as we were launching this company we didn't want to just put a bunch of products out there because there's a bunch yep. of companies doing that we, yep. we really wanted to help share the things that helped me and the other people on our team uh feel better um and, and more whole in a total sense not just mm. physical but but you know uh cognitively spiritually mentally you know all that stuff is stuff that that we were able to kind of bring to the table and and you know ideally we're helping to promote that message with the company yeah well and let's i want to talk a little bit about the actual products themselves too because um you know i've i've had like hydration products before right you know like the electrolyte mm -hmm. drain or mixes or anything like that so right off the bat I knew you guys were different because it's liquid mix in a pack. And like, yep. I've never had any kind of that. So like, as, so all of these formulation things, like what was the idea process as you're in the beginning stages of how do we be different? What are we trying to do here? Like, what was all of that process like? Yeah. Well, I, I knew that we wanted to produce something that was clean and healthy. Um, you know, the, the last thing I wanted to do was put something out into the world that was just going to add to, to people's health issues. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of sugar in a lot of these things. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I've used a bunch of different hydration products as an athlete over the years. And, you know, I, I, that was always something that turned me off. And, uh, you know, the goal for us was to get people to drink more water. And, and by doing, you know, by putting products out there that help them you know, kind of diversify the taste of their water, you know, they're going to be putting a lot of this stuff into their water, you know, mm -hmm. as they galvanize that routine of hydration. So producing something that didn't have sugar in it or a lot of sugar um, was was number one. And we we found a phenomenal high grade stevia to substitute um, as our sweetener. So that that mm -hmm. was a big part of it. And then, you know, the liquid versus powder thing, you know, it was it was novel. Um and when I looked at it and I said, hey, Kate, th this makes sense. It's going to be a lot harder. And, and trust me, uh, not easy to create a, uh, a line of, of these products in a liquid concentrate, especially in the, the stick right. pack that we're using. Uh, but, you know, if we're promoting people uh, spending time more outside to build connection in the outdoors, but I'm giving them a stick pack with powder in it that you know, is it as functional as it could be, right? I mean, there's been a lot of times where I've been outside and I, I'm either low on water, I'm running out of water, but I still would like to put some electrolytes or some caffeine in my body. Um, we said, okay, we need this to be functional. And if we're promoting this for outdoor use and for outdoor athletes, we wanted to get make it super easy for them. So yeah. uh, the liquid concentrate was was kind of something that you know we committed to because it made sense for the the kind of people that we wanted to get this product out to sure. uh you know obviously we, we we love it when people are putting in 16 ounces of water repeatedly because that's that's helping them galvanize that hydration routine yeah. but i've i've been out bow hunting and climbing and uh you know rip open the stick pack and just slam it and it, and it works just fine you know it might be a little bit strong but uh, people it goes seem down a lot easier. It. it goes down a lot easier than the chalky powder you're trying to swallow and swig much, water at the much same time. Yeah, much harder. <laughs> much harder to take a stick pack of powder and uh, and and dry scoop it out of the pack uh, <laughs> yeah, in your mouth exactly. with no water when you're dehydrated. So yeah. yeah, it it you know from a functionality standpoint, um, 
it worked really well. And, and, you know, that was, those are the two big differentiators uh, that we wanted. We wanted something that was healthy, you know, yeah. tastes good and, and it made their water, um, you know, kind of easier to kind of consume. And then, you know, functional use out in the field uh, was a yeah. big part of, of what we were driving at. And that was, I mean, and honestly, until you just gave me that example, I hadn't even considered it as a, like, I would just assume it's all, oh yeah, it's just a nice, it's easier to mix. I was like, I didn't even sure. think in my head, oh, just down it with it straight from the packet. That's so much easier. <laughs> like that, that literally makes it if you're out hunting or you got it in a pack, like that's one less thing you've got to think about. Like I don't totally. have to then, f you know, fill up a bottle or, you know, find a water source and then mix or whatever. Or like we were just joking, like try and dry swallow a bunch of powder like it's just <laughs> straight down the gullet and it's easy so that i mean from a functionality standpoint i mean that's like the epitome of it which is pretty rad yeah i mean hey and if it works for somebody that's out in the middle of nowhere uh running short on water and they can they can slam one of these energies you know it you know frankly it, it makes it really convenient for people that are you know on the go you know throw them in their glove compartment if yeah. you're on the road and you're tired and you know you don't you don't, you don't want to mm -hmm. pull over a lot. You don't want to be overhydrated. You can still slam one of these things and it becomes a, a great tool um, that's convenient for people to use. So yeah. yeah, really excited about the way that that has kind of evolved. And, uh, and we put, we spent a lot of time on it. You know, we, we launched the yeah. company at the beginning of COVID, uh, which is the best time to be launching a company, but it, I'll tell you what, though, man, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think that might've been the best time ever to do it for a lot of different companies. Like I can't tell you how many people I know that like started new businesses or launched things like in that first six months of yep. 2020. And it was like, this was the perfect time to do it. I was like, I, there's so much more ability to focus and put yep. attention into this thing instead of all the other stuff that's going on. And like, I mean, it's a joke that you say maybe it wasn't the best because I did the same thing, but it was like, I yeah. think it was the best thing that we could, that you yeah, could have done. Yeah. No, yeah, you, the point's well taken because, <laughs> you know, if, if we didn't launch at that point in time, we probably would have rushed the product and yeah. we might've not gone down the liquid route because of the difficulty of creating that product. Yeah. And it, it really allowed us to iterate, you know, we, we could focus on making the right product making the right changes that need to ha needed to happen. Yeah. And, you know, when it came down to it, I mean, it, it helped us produce the product that we now have for the company. And it's allowing us to launch into kind of grocery stores, you know, a stronger online presence mm -hmm. because we're no, we know we're putting a product out there that we've changed a couple times for the better. And, and we now have something that, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm extremely proud of our entire yeah. team is proud of. And, the feedback that we get when we go to an event and people try it for the first time. I mean, there's like the surprise and delight of, of the way it tastes, the fact there's no sugar in it. And then mm -hmm. that it's a liquid, not a powder. Um, you know, that stuff probably would not have come to fruition if we had done this, you know, in a non COVID uh, <laughs> kind of environment, you know, it, it yeah. really allowed us that time to focus on, on what we needed to do to do the right thing. So from a, and this is me being curious from an actual production and sort of formulation standpoint because you mentioned the difficulty of going the liquid the liquid route with it like how was that so much different from a manufacturing standpoint like what kind of things do you guys have to do for that versus <laughs> would it have just been easier to do the powder thing 
Yeah, it would have been way easier to do the powder thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people <laughs> out there that do powder stick packs, um, yeah. and they do it. They do it that way for a reason. I mean, I think the biggest one that we had to deal with was, you know, you're putting liquid into an individual packet. So, just the uh, literal act of putting it in the actual wrapper well, is probably like th- think about like like jamming it in there, and you know, if there's if that packet is not airtight for some reason, um, yeah. it's gonna leak. Uh, you get this stuff all over the outside of the packets as they're in production. So you have packets that can be sticky, uh, you know, which is a terrible customer experience when they open yeah. the 10-pack up. Um, so we we had to iterate, you know, our primary packaging a couple times to get the right packaging to contain that liquid and, and, and have it in something that's durable enough that it's not going to bust, right? I mean, sure. uh, having one of those things bust in the top of your ruck on a three-day hunt uh, on day one is terrible, mm-hmm. right? People would be blaming us for like everything that just went wrong for the next three <laughs> right. days because their stuff is full of like sticky liquid uh, hydration mix. Yep. But yeah, I mean, really figuring out how to make that stuff airtight, uh, durable, and and easy for the customer to be able to open up. Um, yeah, major hurdles for us. Um, you know, powder mm-hmm. would be a lot easier, right? I mean, yeah, if it's if the packet's a little, you know, maybe there's a tiny gap in it or there's something that didn't seal totally appropriately, usually that powder's not going to leak out. If it does, yeah. it's going to trickle out and it's not going to be sticky and, a me- and messy to the degree that our stuff is. So, yeah, it, it forced us to kind of up our game uh, considerably as we, we made that choice. So was this, um, from like a machinery standpoint, were, were these things something that, did exist or did you guys have to kind of like create a thing that could do what you were looking for? Yeah. But I would, would have thought that they existed all over the place. Uh, yeah. they did not, you know, we, we had to find a manufacturer that was willing to work with us. I mean, they made, people made stick packs, mm-hmm. but they didn't make them with liquid in them mm-hmm. uh, or people made liquid without, uh, you know, in a, in a different type of packaging, like a pouch, uh, or a yeah. five hour energy type bottle, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we really had to develop kind of our own processes and procedures and, uh, you, you know, which is, which has been good, you know, for us, it really helps us as entrepreneurs be more thoughtful and not just, you know, uh, just, you know, pressing the, I believe button or saying, Oh, everybody else is doing it this way. We might as well do it that way. So it's forced innovation, mm-hmm. uh, from inception of the brand. And, you know, because we innovated so early on, I think it's created this environment where innovation is kind of the standard now. And, and if everything that we everything. do, it needs to be special, right? Like none of our yeah. products can just be like, oh, we're just going to do another run-of-the-mill product. No, we, we need to make it better. We need to innovate. We need to bring something to the table in the yeah. sports sports nutrition supplement space uh, that other people aren't doing. So that you know that's kind of where we're at right now is like trying mm-hmm. to figure out what we can do better or what we can do that's new and, and kind of uh, novel and interesting for, for the people out there buying our stuff. And you've expanded in terms of number of products also. I mean, there's more than yep. just like the recovery stick and the and the hydration one. You guys have multiple different products now. Like, are you do you have an idea of all of the different things that you want to do? Or uh, how are you approaching? Like, which ones do we do next? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we started with you know, four categories of liquid pack. Um, you mentioned our rest product, which is a mm-hmm. non-melatonin sleep support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got five flavors of energy. You know, we have a uh, 
two flavors of hydration with a third on the way this summer and then uh, two new immunity products, uh, kind of immune system support coming out. Um, but outside of that, you know, we, we have three bottled supplements. Uh, we have a methylated B12, uh, D3 tincture, uh, a plant-based branched chain amino acid effervescent tab, which was kind of the first product that we made to kind of get people to drink more water, you know, throwing okay. those little uh, effervescent tabs into water is a great way to kind of, you know, force that routine of hydration. Yeah. And then a, uh, uh, nutritional mushroom, uh, neurotropic. So lion's mane intensive, uh, capsule, uh, with a blend of other, uh, nutritional mushrooms. So we've done all that stuff. Um, we have a full line of organic zinc sunscreen to help people stay outside longer and looking at kind of what's next. It's, it's really been kind of working with our network. I mean, there's, there's yeah. folks that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to connect with through, you know, the community that we've, uh, I guess we've been initiated into, you know, Summer Strong is a great example, um, mm -hmm. connected with uh, some phenomenal people. And, and one of which is, I mean, one of which there's a bunch of brilliant people there. Uh, one, one gentleman that I connected with is an absolute genius in this space has been around uh, kind of sports, uh, nutrition and strength and conditioning forever. And having conversations with somebody like that, I mean, there's opportunities to do really cool, unique stuff that he has mm -hmm. not seen uh, done appropriately to support areas and athletes that, you know, you know, frankly are overlooked. And uh, I think that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to find kind of those areas that haven't really been touched and and be able to bring something to the table that actually works, you know, that yeah. that is effective. So, you know, I'm a big, big proponent of cognitive health um, and kind of neurologic function and the role that that plays in athletics. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of go down that path uh, and then kind of yeah. soft tissue, you know, as a climber, I, I, anything I can do to support kind of ligament and tendon health uh, is, is something that's near and dear to my heart. So uh, we're, we're looking at some cool new stuff, but yeah, it's, it's really in collaboration with some amazing people that, you know, we've been fortunate enough to meet along the way. That whole concept, I, I appreciate it because I had a, I want to say it was probably three years ago now. I had a, a business coach a few years ago that I was working with when I was just starting to move everything on my coaching business online. And, uh, we're, you know, I, I was in gyms for years prior to that. But when you take the physical location out of it, you moved online. It's an entirely separate business. It's not like you can just sure. do the same things, you know. It's totally different rules. It's the Wild West for a lot of for a lot of examples and in, in online stuff. But when coming up with how I was going to deliver coaching services hit like the number one piece of advice is we'll find the people that you want to work with and ask them what kind of things they want in a coaching yep. service. Like you don't just assume because technically you would be the authority in that relationship that you know what they want all the time because chances are you're going to create a bunch of stuff, put a lot of effort into it. And then they're like, eh, well, it's all right, I guess, you know, <laughs> but like if you come to them and be like, hey, what kind of things are you looking for? You know, in the coaching example, hey, wh what kind of wh like what kind of support would be beneficial for you as a coach? Like how how can I deliver the service to you or whatever? Or if it's, you know, a product, like what kind of things are you looking for? And then they tell you exactly what they want. And you're like, oh, OK, sweet. I'll go over here and I'll work on this for a little bit. And then you come back and you're like, hey, this is the exact thing that you said we wanted that you said you wanted. We've got it right here. They're like, oh, perfect. 
I'm in. Right. You know, so it's like, <laughs> it's like, and you can't, you can't obviously do that with everybody to suggest something all the time. Otherwise you'd never land on a, on a product, but like the, just the idea of getting feedback from customers and clients, letting that kind of drive a little bit of the innovation too. Like I, I've been doing that. I mean, that was like one of the best pieces of business advice I ever got. So like you saying, you're doing that with, with some of these, these guys that are super smart with supplements and all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, that's right. Right. What I believe. So well done there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. Hey, I, no, I appreciate it. You know, we just want to make something that's foundational, right? We want to, yeah. you know, part of the mantra of the company is, is simplicity and foundational products, you know, that support kind of a holistic wellness. So, you know, mm-hmm. just putting another protein product out there or creatine or, you know, you yeah. know, whatever it is, you know, there's so many people doing that. How do I differentiate yeah. myself in those categories? And and the answer is I, I, I can't really. I mean, I'm, it's all, all going to be flash and marketing. And, you know, frankly, as a company, we just we don't want to we don't want to put a bunch of bullshit out there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like I believe in what we're doing because it's the stuff that helped pull me out of a bad place um, at a bad time in my life. And I want to be able to do, you know, do right by the people that we're bringing products to the world for. So whatever we do come up with, you know, it needs to be something that's foundational, uh, you know, simple, and is going to help a bunch of people, right? And, and give them kind of that baseline. And if they want to focus on the 5% or, or, you know, the last 5, 10%, there is a tremendous number of companies out there that do it extremely well. And you can go and get into the weeds to find that little tiny advantage, uh, you know, that you need with some specialized supplement, but I'd rather stick to the kind of basics and the foundational stuff that I know has moved the needle for me. And and I think that's, you know, if we, we got to stay consistent to that. So if I start ever start to vary from that path, uh, I hope that my teammates actually call me on it. Start going the route of some real, real niche stuff. That's very right. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's easy to do too, in. right? Yeah, you get. <laughs> right. I love. I mean, I love geeking out on the stuff, and there's yeah. so much cool research and, and and stuff that's coming out. But I mean, I just want to stick with the basics. You know, the simple stuff yeah. works. And it probably is, especially in that in that industry specifically, where it's. I mean seems daily right there's some new study that shows something and there's another right. study that shows that that study was wrong i mean but that's just how it works but um trying to keep up with all of that seems like it would be more exhausting from a like product development standpoint rather right. than just be like here's our stable we're gonna get really freaking good at these and yep. they're always going to serve their purpose. Like, we're, yeah, no, you know, maybe, maybe we can get into some new stuff later on, but like these, you, this is what we're doing. Yeah, no one's ever going to argue with me that hydration's bad for you and more sleep <laughs> doesn't make you a better athlete. So, right. I mean, I, I know I could, I could step into conversations with people that are a lot smarter than me that have PhDs in this world, and I can hold my own when I, when I say, hey, yeah, I think drinking water with the right kind of nutrients in it and sleeping yeah. better is going to make me feel better. <laughs> like uh, with just anybody the most basic I'm, info ever, you would think. <laughs> right. If I keep it really basic, then I'm good because I'm pretty I'm a pretty basic person. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, that, I want to stay within a realm that I know I can be uh, an authority in. Yeah. So that, that's, that's been part of the ticket. That's really cool. The, like I said, the whole concept of them is um something that i hadn't until i had them 
hadn't seen and, you know, from that like kind of functionality standpoint, which is really cool and, and getting to learn about how it all came to be. It makes sense. I mean, like from personal life experiences leading the, the desire to create these things. And I think yeah. those are the things um, across any kind of product that people can sense that in a product or a, or a service or whatever it is. Like if it's actually something that came from a meaningful place rather yeah. than just like, Hey, I'm going to just get into apparel. I'm going to drop ship these shirts and right. like, you know, like, yeah, it's yeah. a business and it'll work and people will probably still buy it. But like, there's a different level of, of business and, and product where it's like people can feel that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, it's much <laughs> business is not easy. You know, being a, a business owner an entrepreneur is a difficult grind. Yeah. And if you don't believe in it and you're not doing it for the right reasons, there's going to be days where you want to throw the towel in. So uh, it's weekly. I, it's totally, like, there's, yeah, probably, it is, totally. there's probably one day a week. I make the joke all the time. There's probably one day a week. I'll tell my, I tell my wife, I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm just going to go get a job somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah be easy, right? Let me just go, I'm just going to get my paycheck. I'll, I'll clock in yep. at nine clock out at five. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to really love what you're doing. You need to love the people that you're doing it with and you got to believe in the stuff that you're doing. So like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe, I believe in the concept of hydration and better hydration. I am a, a steadfast committed to my sleep, making sure that I'm sleeping. I mean, I'm, I'm neurotic about it. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of other stuff that I do to galvanize my routine of sleep because I know that sleep is probably the number one performance enhancer that you could focus on. Absolutely. And I've had my, I've had my coaches uh, in the climbing realm, you know, put that out, right? Like yeah. if given every performance enhancer out there, what would you choose? And the answer is sleep. I mean, at least from the guys that I respect, yep. uh, I mean, you could be pumped. You have the option for testosterone, growth hormone, all these other performance enhancing drugs. But if your sleep is terrible, you're wasting that's it's it's a waste so, i mean like yeah if given all those options like sleep is the thing that's going to move the needle and i and i believe in that so uh sleep and hydration have been core to to kind of my health and my performance and it, it, it makes it easy to get excited about uh what we're doing at protect so i think mm -hmm. that's that's a, a a major focus for me right now that's really cool and with the sleep thing too I mean, like you said, it's, it seems like it, well, it seems like it should be, I guess. I can't say it seems like it is because it's not, but it should be the most obvious right. thing that we, that we go after. And I've said it uh, a lot of times with, um, with the men that I coach, you know, if I could only, if we could only fix one thing and like we, we only had the bandwidth to work on one thing at a time, like I wouldn't even focus on the nutrition part yet. Like yep. that's usually the thing that most people want to do first or, or do the training and do that kind of stuff first. So like if we only had one thing, it would be, let's improve our sleep. Like yep. it's not going to ever, it's not going to be perfect, but we got to start taking steps to improve that, that chunk of hours, whether it's adding a couple hours or making whatever it is better quality with different types of sleep hygiene, uh, to get deeper, more restful sleep, all that kind of stuff. Like that's always what I would say is, yeah where we should start if anything like if you've got some sort of semblance of other positive habits that's great we can kind of work those in conjunction but if there's only one like that's always the one that i want to work on first just because yeah, you know there's so many there's so many things down the chain that it improves 
Well, you're wasting your time with a lot of the other stuff, right? If you're yeah. if you're working out hard every single day and you're eating right, but you're driving yourself into the ground because you're only getting three hours of sleep a night, um, yeah. or it's not restful, uh, you're not recovering. I mean, and, and yep. forget your physical body. You know, when you sleep, your brain is literally detoxing itself. So if you're not getting sleep, you're literally your your brain is living in this this constant state of inflammation and and toxicity, and no wonder you know people are struggling with mental health and and cognitive function. Um, mm-hmm. it, it we live in a world where you know you you can be you're accessible twenty four seven with with this thing, yep. right? So like. If if you don't start to focus on sleep and 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 really make that a priority, you know you're you're really, you know you got you're working against yourself in all yeah. these other areas that we spend so much time and energy on, and uh, yeah, it's just you know and it and it you know requires focus and discipline, um, you know yeah. to kind of establish those that sleep hygiene and and the things that you're doing in order to set yourself up for success. Totally. So. You know, in that process, I mean, I think you're becoming a more focused, disciplined individual, and and you know, you're you're going to reap the benefits if you if you put the money into it. I think it was, um, man, I want to say it was Jim Carrey of our of all people that had um, he had a quote talking about uh, depression and saying he said, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a real thing because it is, but he said, but if you're not uh, eating healthy foods, if you're not getting sunlight, if you're not sleeping well and exercising and doing all these healthy habits, like you're not giving yourself a chance at all. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to kind of where you were during that transition phase, that was a lot of the stuff that kind of pulled you out of some of that funk was those kind of things. So it's like not to, you know, you don't disregard it saying that people aren't going through that kind of stuff or that it doesn't look like what it could be, you know, but if you're not doing these other things, you're really not making it easier on yourself. And like sleep can be that <laughs> one of the easiest things to get dialed in first, you know? Well, I mean, the, the thing that, I mean, outside of everything we've already talked about, you know, I have, I've made a consistent daily effort to uh, practice disciplines of focus. And, hmm. and, you know, one of those things is meditation. Um, and meditation is a, is, is tough for a lot of guys, especially, I mean, a lot of guys that have never touched it before because we've spent our entire life being uh, not focused and yep. meditation is a deep practice of focus. So mm-hmm. um, as a lead in to kind of me starting that meditative practice, finding areas in my life where I can just practice focus and discipline allowed me to start forming some of those fundamental skills that allowed it, allowed me to adopt meditation as a daily practice. And Mm -hmm. to your point, if I'm not eating right, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not getting good sleep, it's really hard to pull my awareness from the negative dark stuff that's going on in my head and bring it back to some place that is uh, joyful, happy, you know, grateful within my mind. So um, yeah, you need you need to set yourself up for success. Give yourself yeah. a shot because it's already an uphill battle. I mean, we live a life that's distracted and we don't focus. Uh, we don't focus, period, right? We don't At train <laughs> yeah. being focused. So you need to give yourself every opportunity 
uh, to be successful um, in that new endeavor. And, and, you know, if you do, you know, that's, it's, it's a, it's a gift. Um, mm-hmm. And people don't even realize what kind of a gift it is, but it, 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 it realistically is the tool that allows you to be happy and joyful. Yeah. So, yeah. As far as your, what you're doing for meditation, do you have a specific sort of practice that you follow or what does that look like for, for you? Yeah. You know, I, I was introduced to it years ago. Um, uh, Tim Ferriss is a friend. Mm-hmm. He recommended, uh, uh, Sam Harris's waking up app. So like I originally started yeah. using, using an app and an app is a great place to start. Um, and my, you know, my meditation practice has developed over time. I, you know, I've played with, you know, short periods. I've, I've sat for an hour or more in the morning. And I think mm-hmm. now I, I, you know, consistently, you know, I, I sit every morning for about 20 minutes. Um, but I found, I found it manifested in my life as a whole. Like it, 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 I'm not just sitting in the morning in meditation. I feel like I can find that meditative or contemplative practice throughout the day. Mm. And slowly but surely, uh, I'm starting to understand what kind of lifelong meditators talk about as like being in a meditative state all day long. Yeah. Like, and, and really all that is, is being, being able to be focused, to be, uh, in whatever you're doing. And, and I have a, a really, a good friend of mine um, uh, that just allowed, gave me the honor of, of reading a draft version of a book that he's writing uh, called The Power of Unwavering Focus uh, mm-hmm. and written by my friend Don Dapani, who is a uh, former Hindu monk and he's now a Hindu priest and has been teaching kind of the practice of awareness and focus for uh, a while since he left yeah. the monastery. And recently I've noticed areas of my life where I'm not focused. Um, you know, frankly, like being in conversation with my wife, not giving her my undivided attention. And it's, that's one of the things that like he brought up in me reading that book Mm. is it doesn't need to be sitting down cross-legged in the morning and meditating, which is so hard for us. Yeah. Meditation can be the simple practice of giving somebody or something your undivided attention and and committing to doing that every single time you have that engagement and uh that i mean i'll tell you that has been the biggest challenge recently is you know sitting for 20 minutes in the morning with my eyes closed kind of in you know in peace is easy uh holding my attention in conversation with my wife or with my children when i'm they're asking me to play with them I mean, that's difficult, but it's, yeah. it's really helping me to kind of strengthen that, that ability to focus. That's when you said sitting for 20 minutes is easy. I imagine it probably is now, but, uh, at the start, cause I mean, a lot, I mean, unless you're just some <laughs> like Jedi where you can just drop right into it and like on day one, but that even that process of sitting for even a minute for some people is like, you can't, they can't without mind racing around and stuff like that. So when you're doing these kind of practices, what were some of the things that helped? Did you do like any breath cadences or counting anything in that realm that you helped to kind of dial in that focus? Yeah. I mean, those are some of the baseline tools like breath work. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just counting your breath, being aware of your inhales and your exhales. 
um, mm-hmm. helps to take your mind off of kind of the the thought ruminations and these racing thoughts that are happening um, that yeah. usually become the the hurdle that people can't overcome. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just you know, focus on breath has been a big one. You know, I've I've tried different types of breathing. Um, you know like box breathing, you know, four mm-hmm. second inhale, four second hold, four second exhale, hold, mm-hmm. kind of go through it. Uh, four, seven, eight, you know, kind of sequences of breath. And a lot of these things have been shown to actually like, uh, like calm your nervous system and, and yes. almost, you know, serve as a reset to your central nervous system. So, I mean, for anybody out there that's kind of getting stressed, you know, allowing stress to kind of get uh, into their head and, and, you know, ruin their day, mm-hmm. you know, breath exercises are a great way to start. And, it, and it's a great way to clear your mind. I mean, I, I do, I'll do them with my daughter when she's uh, feeling overwhelmed with gymnastics or schoolwork, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting down and, and helping her breathe. It's a very simple thing. We do it every single day, but we don't, we don't typically do it thoughtfully. And I think when you do right. it thoughtfully, it, you realize that it does help clear your mind because when you're thinking about that that those that breathing that process of of breathing in and breathing out um you you know your your awareness has been brought to that so your you, awareness you really can't, can't, can't think on any, <laughs> you really can't think about anything else like if you're counting no. your breath like that is the sole thing of focus so i think that's why i it's can be such a helpful tool i do the same thing with uh with my 3 year old every once in a while when he gets like you know, fired up and frustrated because he's a toddler. So you can't, he, you can't, they, they literally can't control those emotions yet. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like they're, they're not cognitively capable of it yet at that age. And, uh, one of the things that he does, and it's not like we do it every day or whatever like that, but he has, um, I think we'll, we'll look at each other and we'll take a big inhale in and he'll just count to five on his exhale and that's it. And usually that's enough for him where if anything, it just distracts him and then he goes to the next thing. And so he forgets that he was just mad, (laughs) you know, whether or not he actually gets calmed down from that, whatever, but he can take that inhale and count to five. And then he's like, Oh, okay. I'll just go play over here now. So, you know, that's sometimes that works enough, but I mean, that's the same thing though. (laughs) Bring that focus back and just distract from whatever has got you frustrated pull it back into your breath and then you're fine. You know, I mean, we all can do that, right? I mean, doing, yeah. <laughs> doing some simple breath work, you know, you don't have to close your eyes and, and kind of sit in meditation, you know, just focusing on your breath, you know, mm-hmm. you got, you got to start with the simple stuff, right? The fundamentals. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's definitely, I mean, the breath is always the easiest way to ground yourself and kind of establish control again uh, over your awareness and where your awareness is going. So yeah, definitely been a huge tool uh, for me to use as I kind of gr- have grown that that meditative practice. And it is a, it's 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 a system and a huge thing, but it's a skill, and I kind of call it a like breathing is kind of a muscle, just like you know anything else. You have to get time working on it, and totally. and and focus time on it to actually get better at it. I mean, we all think, well, Hey, like I, I breathe every day. I'm alive still. So I must be doing okay at it. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. uh, but it's like, well, <laughs> we could be doing a lot better and you might be actually hindering your, your potential with, with crappy breathing positions, mechanics, and not even understanding what it does. And there's a lot of things in this realm, kind of health related where I've found that a lot of people don't realize how, 
crappy they felt that they just passed off as normal because yeah. they just kind of always feel that way until you get past that and you actually feel really good or you're you're breathing really well and you notice like oh this is this is really good like i must have just been i don't know how i was doing that before but <laughs> when that's when that's normal you just think that's normal regardless right. of if it's really bad or not yeah well i mean that's the challenge right i mean like to get it's never easy to adopt these new practices and it yeah. takes time and attention and effort and discipline but once you've broken through and you've 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 seen the benefit, you never want to turn back. And yeah. and and that's what I'd say to people is, you know, challenge yourself. Pick up something that's simple. You know, it might may, maybe it's just breath work, right? It's just mm-hmm. taking a few minutes out of your day to breathe uh, consciously. And you do that long enough, you're gonna realize, man, now I'm I'm actually breathing deeper, fuller. Uh, I feel better. And it's a way for me to clear all the the BS in my head out when when I'm getting overwhelmed with this distracted society that we live in. So definitely yeah. have to take the you got to take a leap of faith with any of these practices and uh, and just show for some sure. discipline and get committed to it if you're gonna you're ever gonna see the other side. So you mentioned you do um, like rock climbing is a big a big activity for you as far, from a training and kind of fitness perspective. What yep what is your training style that you like to do or, or are you kind of free flowing with it? Do you have something that you've settled into that you enjoy? So I, I, so I've trained, uh, I guess since 2006, I was still in the seal teams. Uh, I, I decided to kind of pivot to, uh, solely focus on things that are going to cross over directly into climbing related strength. Okay. So, you know, pre 2006, you know, I lifted weights a lot, right. I, I, yeah. You know, did all kind of the core lips, and um, you know, it was fairly strong. But the the thing that it was, I mean, I was in very good shape, and I was very strong doing those uh, those lifts. But as a climber, strength to body weight ratio and ten- tensile strength of my tendons um, was more important. So at that point, I focused on trying to be lighter and more efficient. Yet you know, the strongest version of myself that I can be while at the same time being kind of the lightest version of myself without compromising, you know, health or power. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's been the focus. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I, and I also, uh, you know, it it was with reluctance because I I was very stubborn. I thought that I could do this all myself and program for Mm -hmm. myself, but this is my pitch for outside coaching uh, I reached out finally to some coaches out of the UK, uh, a guy okay. named Ollie Tor and Tom Randall from Lattice Training, and they're absolute experts in the field of climbing-related uh, strength and conditioning and programming. Yeah, and I, I've I've been using those guys for probably four years now. That's awesome, and it's tremendous. So a lot of work with those guys. They are very data-driven. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a. a thousands of athletes climbers that they've tested and trained uh so a lot of work on a fingerboard um you know a lot of work structured climbing so i I have like a 45 degree bouldering wall in my yard so i I do a lot of structured training on there and then you know i think in recent days it's finding uh interesting ways to kind of keep things fun and and get some cross training in and you know i'll bring this up uh there's a a, a gym out of Rochester, New York called Wolf Brigade, uh, a guy named Greg Walsh. 
Yep. Who's an amazing human being. Uh, you guys best. should check them out. Uh, they he, make we we did an episode with Greg last summer. Oh, right did after you? Summer Strong last year. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. Greg Greg's is amazing. I mean, his maces are tremendous. I actually pulled the trigger on one because I was so impressed with uh, yeah not just Greg. I was impressed with the 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 gals that he has uh, as his trainers at Wolf Brigade are absolute killers. I mean, I only know I are, only know Heather, but they're all awesome. <laughs> Heather, uh, Heather is uh, amazing. I mean, the fact that those gals, I mean, they are fit, you know, uh, good looking gals that can literally like pick Greg up and like <laughs> sit down with him and stand back up. I mean, like, yeah. the, like brutally tre- strong, tremendous strength to body weight ratio. And, uh, that was enough to sell me. So I, I yeah. pulled the trigger on a mace. So like, that's awesome. You know, I, I plan on using that as kind of a grip strength, uh, and core yeah. strength, you know, supplement to my climbing. And I, I think that's important, right? Like, you know, I could only fingerboard in campus and, and climb, but I'm missing out on a whole bunch of other stuff that is only going to help me, you know, be healthier and stronger mm. in the sport longer. So yeah, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I'm, I feel fortunate and blessed to have crossed paths with, with Greg. Do you, and, did you get the mace? Is it already, do you already have it? I, I, it, it's on its way, uh, okay. but I ordered it the second we left summer strong. I put the order in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that I show up at my house today and it's sitting on the front porch so I can use it. That's awesome. I've, uh, I've messed around with a mace man for probably six or seven years with a little bit of instruction uh, from a, a, a totally different school of thought with them because there's kind of like these little factions with the mace, just like there is with kettlebells. Like it's, we do it right. this way kind of a thing, you know? And, uh, and I've used it more as like an accessory kind of thing. And then after meeting Greg last year, um, was just open to the idea of this can actually, this is actually a meant to build strength. And you do that by doing, them heavy using a heavy mace to like swing around and you see how like how heather and greg are just like brute and the people that they train in the gym in rochester brutally strong people like and they just right. look like normal people like yep. you know, like you wouldn't you wouldn't know any of them like that they were as strong as they were just walking down the street and then they're doing like like 48 kilogram turkish get-ups and right. like it's just <laughs> right. ridiculous and so yeah. it's one of those ones where he, he's been amazingly helpful uh, for me in the last year learning uh, some of the ins and outs of how they teach movement and stuff. And yeah, he's one of those where it's like, there's a few people that are like the actual, what you would call innovators in fitness or like kind of yep. different minds and stuff. And there's not many because everything in fitness is a million years old. Like everybody does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's like a couple dozen maybe. And like the last 30 that can say that they've brought something new to fitness you know, and yep. so I, I definitely put Greg in that category with how he teaches. I'm pumped that you got that. I'm, I'm excited to see you uh, mess around with it, man. Hey, you're the, the fact that you said like they are brutally strong, but you wouldn't notice them. Right. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. Right. Like I want right. to be, I want to be 155 pounds, but I want to be able to kind of, you know, throw weight around that people wouldn't assume yeah. I could do. Um, yeah. and a lot of that is just your foundational, uh, structure, you know, tendon and ligament yeah. strength. I mean, when you get soft tissue strong, it, it's, it's so much easier to get, uh, 
significantly stronger than you technically like people would expect you to be uh, because yeah. putting muscle on I mean I lived most of my life and I had never had a problem putting muscle on I I, I could put 15 20 pounds of muscle on by just lifting heavy and doing you know kind of core lifts but when I started climbing I was absolutely humbled I mean I was a strong fit you know 18 19 year old and then I actually got I got totally humbled going to a climbing gym for the first time realizing that like my fingers can't like hold my body weight up on a hold yeah. that's smaller than you know a full pad so right. that was intriguing to me and it really that was probably the thing that like sucked me into the sport of climbing because you know the things that people could do uh that i mean it just blew my mind because there's yeah. there's guys in the sport of climbing that are tremendously strong but you would look at them and be like, oh, that kid, he probably plays video games all day long. Until you see their hands. Until you see their hands. And then, because what's the the free solo guy? I can't remember his name now. Ale yeah, Alex Honnold uh, from like, free solo. I mean, he's tall. He's tall and lanky. <laughs> but then he literally looks like he's got baseball gloves at the end of each totally. arm. Like his hands are massive. Yeah, yeah. So all focus on soft tissue, you know, tendon and ligament strength has been yeah. kind of my mission. So, and hopefully it, awesome. it keeps me healthier longer, right? I mean, I can yeah. uh, do the things that I love to do for a long time as opposed to, you know, injuring myself going too heavy with, uh, you know, a certain set of lifts. So that's yeah. longevity is kind of where I'm going and foundational for sure. uh, strength is, is where I'm at right now. So do you do... Um the type of climbing that you do? Do you do like sport style climbing or do you do a lot of outdoor lead climbing type of stuff? What is kind of I, your jam there? So I boulder predominantly. So, okay. you know, bouldering, uh, no ropes, you know, bring crash yeah. pads out, you know, you're climbing on short technical pieces of rock. Um, yep. probably because I was pressed for, uh, time and finding friends to climb with early on. So it was easier yeah. for me to get out and go don't need anybody go to, to go gym. with you. <laughs> I didn't need anybody to belay. Now, I've also found, I mean, there's just the community there. I mean, you spend a lot of time staring at boulders and sitting under the rock. So uh, it, it, yeah. it has served me very well in that regard in, in that it it's really a great opportunity to connect and, and spend time with people. Because um, you do, you spend, I mean, I don't know what the percentages are, but I bet you're 95% of the time, if not more, are spent sitting on the dirt staring at the rock talking to somebody because you're only you're only climbing your work your work yeah. is like 20 30 seconds for a go and that might be a long time spent on a boulder problem um yep. and, and most of the time is like eight seconds and then falling to the ground <laughs> and then violently yep. <laughs> and then resting for five minutes and then trying it again so uh yeah, yeah bouldering has been the ticket for me but you know again the guys uh, that I use for programming opened my eyes to the fact that I can't just shirk the aerobic training and kind of that big yeah. foundational aerobic base in the off season. Um, mm -hmm. And since I diversified, I mean, I was all strength and power because I'm like, yeah. I'm only on the wall for 20 seconds, 30 seconds max. I don't need endurance or, or power endurance. Um, and these guys started, you know, having me do tons of volume uh, early on. And it's mm -hmm. only elevated my level of performance. So, yeah. I mean, doing that kind of that foundational stuff that is like the antithesis of your focus actually will help you get stronger in those areas that you want to get stronger in. And that, that's been like the biggest takeaway uh, from those guys. That's awesome. It sounds like uh, because 
that world, the climbing world is one that you wouldn't necessarily assume has like a sport specific training style, right? You know, because you, like <laughs> no, you said, like you all. said, you look at the guys that there are the people that do it. They're pretty unassuming people for the most part. Right. But I mean, talk about strength to weight ratio and relative strength. Uh, like that's the whole name of the game, obviously, because you're totally suspended in the air and having to rely on basically uh, upper body strength. I mean, lower body also, but I mean, grip and forearms are, are massively important. And so things like that, you're like, Oh, there is actually some specific things they need to do to train for this. It's not just Definitely. general fitness stuff. So that's an interesting like way to think about it. I hadn't thought about it with rock climbing like that specifically. Yeah. Well, those guys, I mean, the guys at lattice, uh, you know, it, the British do a phenomenal job of like making sure people are extremely well trained. I mean, I think those guys have like master's degrees before mm. they're allowed to kind of be coaches per se. Yeah. Um, so what those guys did is they took all this research in kind of the world of like, I guess, more conventional sport. So like sprinters, marathoners, track and field, like all that stuff where there's tons of research on like the conditioning protocol and programming and they, and even like with traditional weightlifting and then use those concepts and brought them into the, the realm of climbing and developed kind of protocol to, uh, really use the same protocol that's been being used for yeah. like all these other sports, but find sports specific, uh, uh, ways in the climbing realm to be able to apply them. Yeah. And, and it's been very successful. I mean, I think they are one of the first groups that have done that, uh, to that degree. And you know, the, the metrics, uh, speak for themselves. I mean, I, I can tell you I'm 40, I'm soon to be 41. Uh, I feel stronger than I ever have been in my entire life. Uh, I think it's because of smart, calculated training and programming uh, that they've brought to the table for me. Mm -hmm. So my fingers are stronger. Um, my full kinetic chain, you know, you talk about kind of just, you know, forearm and like kind of finger strength, but it's really kinetic. It's like everything, right? It's yeah. your your core, your chest, your hips, your your legs, like all of that stuff has to be firing in tandem in a very coordinated fashion. And if you're weak in any one of those areas, it's your least common denominator and yeah. it's going to have a marked impact on your performance. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's killer. I mean, that's where I, that's where I geek out, but uh, it's I no different it. than, than any of these other sports, right? It's, yeah. it's all the same. I'm, I'm really interested to see how the, uh, how the mace is a good supplement for that too oh yeah now, if, if that adds anything to it for you well i owe greg i'm gonna have to report back you know my commitment yep. is i'm like by summer strong next year hopefully i'm like bouldering a grade harder and uh and i have there these great go. success stories for him but That's at a minimum awesome. i know it's going to be good for my for my health my shoulder health and elbows and wrists and everything else for sure i just went and i did a bunch of 360 swings the other day and i haven't done it for a long time and just it ripped my hands up because i did way too many <laughs> like first day back and i'm like i probably should have not done 200 of them yesterday well if a little is good a lot is way better right so the more more you do the better off you are uh that's the that's the theory <laughs> i love it man uh, well, hey, man, I really appreciate you uh, making the time today. It was a blast getting to talk to you. And I'm, I'm pumped that I got to try you guys' stuff at Winter Strong. Yeah. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Where is um, where everybody can find social media, the products themselves? Where are all those places? Yeah, so protect.com 
is is our website and you can find protect on on instagram uh we are there and then protect with a k right protect with a k yeah p-r-o-t-e-k-t yes um and then this is our logo it's a uh the rooted t right so foundational Ah. strength focusing on on the foundation so yeah building building strong roots so you can flourish Uh, but yeah you could find us online find us on instagram uh you reach out to me uh i'm I'm on instagram you can see my smiling face uh if you (laughs) if you look me up uh but oh yeah always i mean happy to connect with people you know i i think that's the thing that brings the most joy in my life is uh having people reach out that genuinely uh you know connected through a podcast or something else and and they have Mm -hmm. something to share uh and and it's it's opened up a lot of really cool relationships in the last several years. So we feel very thankful for these type of opportunities. So I appreciate yeah, you and, uh, and the chance to be on here. Yeah. Anytime, man. It was a blast. Well, thank you again, Nick. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Likewise, brother.